Today on the Inside Scoop, Charles Power previews the Elite 11. Nebraska rebounds from missing out on Dylan Riola. But first, the Tennessee staff did something this weekend that was genius, and it could pay big dividends later in the recruiting seat. 865 Live, that was the recruiting event held in Knoxville, Tennessee this weekend. I know what you're asking. What is 865 Live? Well, it was a non-recruiting recruiting event. Hear me out. In Knoxville over the weekend, they played games. Prospects came on campus to hang out. They spent time with the coaching staff. They didn't really talk football, but they talked football. You get it? It was one of those kind of weekends. Well, Knoxville played host to close to two dozen blue chip recruits. I talked to Austin Price from VolQuest. He said the word that kept coming up over and over and over again after talking to the recruits was genuine. That's what they felt about the weekend, whether it was the event, whether it was the coaching staff, the relationships, the word was genuine. Now, what I think was most important about this weekend is that there's coaches all over the country sitting around waiting for July, for June official visits to kick off. We're only a week away, but Tennessee got a jump on official visit season and sort of cut the line on a few guys to get on campus before a very busy June gets started. All these other teams just sitting around while Tennessee is hosting the biggest recruiting weekend in the country. Another important aspect of this weekend, Tennessee got a few big-time prospects on campus that they still have some ground to make up on. They got some work to do still. Let's take a look. Recruits like five-star Dylan Stewart, four-star defensive lineman Aiden Breland, four-star corner who's committed to Georgia, DeMello Jones, and four-star tight end Amir Jackson. Now, none of the names mentioned have official visits set up to Tennessee. As I said, there's work to be done. Now, what if this weekend, though, it helps Tennessee lock in some official visits down the road with these top prospects? Doesn't have to happen this week, but maybe it sets a seed in their head that, hey, maybe I do want to take an official visit to Tennessee. Tennessee doesn't have official visits set up with Dylan Stewart, Breland, Jones, Jackson, but I expect that to change. Look at number one overall on on three, Dylan Stewart, the number one edge in America. This was his chance to get him back for an OV down the road because right now in June, he's locked in. He goes to Georgia, Miami, Ohio State, South Carolina. He says he wants to make a decision at the end of August. We'll see if that happens. But what if, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but what if Dylan Stewart because he came to Knoxville this weekend, says, hmm, maybe before I make up my mind, I do want to take a visit to Tennessee. And that ends up being his final visit right before his decision. I'm not saying it could happen, but Tennessee would love for it to work out that way. Same strategy applies for Aiden Breland, the number 34 player overall, borderline five-star. He comes in from California. It's his first visit to Knoxville. Never been there before, so he doesn't have an official visit set up. He is taking visits to Miami, Georgia, and Oregon in June. Some expect Oregon is going to be the pick for him, but hey, what if he goes and checks out Oregon and thinks, I'm not ready to make a decision yet. You know what? I might take one more official visit. Where do we think that official visit might be? It could be Tennessee. You see where I'm going with this. All right, let's go on to top 100 corner. DeMello Jones, he was on campus. Can Tennessee flip him from Georgia? Right now, he's going to Georgia on an official visit next weekend. He's going to Alabama after that. 
I'm not even saying Tennessee needs to get him in in June. They could wait till July or they could even put this down the road. But does this unofficial visit to Tennessee this weekend plant a seed down the road for DeMello Jones? We'll see. 6'5", 210-pound tight end, Amir Jackson. He's trending heavily to UF on the recruiting prediction machine at over 95%. He's from Portal, Georgia, and this was also his first time in Knoxville checking out the Tennessee Volunteers. Now, the question is, can Tennessee get him back on campus? He goes to UF for an official visit on June 16th. Miami's also working to get him on campus for an official. We'll see if that happens. Now, what if... Tennessee can withhold the UF official visit. He, Jackson doesn't commit, and they get him down the road on an official. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to do this for all these guys, but you can see why this was a genius move to get recruits in before the busy summer official visits get kicked off. So let's bring on national recruiting analyst Sam Spiegelman. I want to talk a little bit more about this strategy with Sam. You heard it. You think this could work out for Tennessee down the road? Well, yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, a lot of the recruits that were just on campus, maybe it was their first time in Knoxville. Maybe it was um, Tennessee is a second layer school to them. You know, they already had their June officials said, and maybe they're, they're still trying to figure out when they want to make a decision. So I think this is a great plan B option for Tennessee, which is already sitting with a top 10 recruiting class in the country, getting the number one player in the country on campus. We know that Tennessee isn't one of the main schools involved in his recruitment. Tennessee has a lot of top targets still on their board, and I think a move like the 865 event, this is going to put them almost an insurance policy with even more elite players. I think they're almost assuring themselves a top 10 class, and if they swing and miss on a few of their top guys, their next round of top targets is still pretty elite. Yeah, in the event itself, it's not like a groundbreaking thing. These, these kind of like – recruiting but non-recruiting events i mean we saw the scavenger hunt at georgia just the week before there's plenty of teams that do the barbecue these are it, that's not the new part but i do i i think just tennessee jumping the line to get some guys on campus while everybody sits around and waits for june i think that was smart now now i want to kind of switch gears here with you sam with unlimited official visits Recruits can take as many as they want. We see a lot of recruits scheduling four, five official visits in the month of June. Well, back in the day, meaning like last year, that would mean that they're out of official visits and a decision is likely to come. With unlimited official visits, do you think there's some teams that could regret some of these June officials? Oh, 100%. There's a lot of teams that, you know, it depends on the kid. Um, if a kid knows that they're going to make a decision after these June official visits, they know that they're going to lock a commitment in place before their senior seasons, then yes, they want a June or summer official visit. But if this kid is still unsure whether they're pushing it to the beginning of their season, during the season, or still looking after their senior season, these schools are still trying to position themselves for the old-fashioned way, Josh. A good old-fashioned November or December official visit. Some of these schools are, are going for in-season to make sure that these top guys are in, in town for their biggest games of the season. But again, that they're still trying to get maybe a December unofficial visit before the ink dries. Yeah. Speaking on was this visit taken too soon, five-star linebacker Sammy Brown was the only official visitor in town. So Tennessee did host one official visitor and it was five-star linebacker Sammy Brown out of the state of Georgia and he's one of these guys who's got him lined up he's going to go check out Georgia Clemson 
Um, Ohio State, Sammy Brown's going to make some visits during the month of June that are very important to him, especially that Georgia and that Clemson visit. Do you think this visit was too soon for the volunteers to really stay in it for five-star Sammy Brown? Yeah, you know, he's had interest in Tennessee for a long amount of time, and, and making that official visit is, is super important. But yeah, he's still, Tennessee has a lot of ground to still make up with Sammy Brown. We, and we know that Clemson and Georgia are positioned for official visits down the road. It's nice that he finally got to take the official visit. I think that they are a contender, big picture, but they have ground to make up. And now it's Clemson and Georgia's turn with the elite linebacker. Yeah, coming out of the visit, he told VolQuest, it's been awesome. I think they have really set the bar high for these officials. It's been a great visit. So just something about that, just it doesn't lend the warm and fuzzies to me that, that Sammy Brown's committing to Tennessee. That was kind of like a thanks, but no thanks to me. But we'll see how this plays out. There was some big news, though, coming out of Knoxville. Tennessee landed a commitment. Four-star running back Peyton Lewis committed to Josh Heupel and the staff. He's a top 200 player ranked 197 overall. He's six foot one, 190 pounds out of Salem, Virginia, chose Tennessee over South Carolina and Penn State. Just, you know, Tennessee kind of got in good here because his recruitment was about to take off. A lot of other teams showing interest as well. But Sam, Tennessee wants to sign two backs in this class. Do they still have a chance to land Daniel Hill, the four star back out of Mississippi? Yeah, Daniel Hill has been talking about making that visit back to Tennessee for a while. Uh, we know that South Carolina, Auburn, and also Alabama are still heavily involved in his recruitment. This recruitment seems to continue to linger on and on because each SEC team kind of has momentum at a different time. I still like where South Carolina stands, but I think Tennessee is a really close second. Um, it kind of depends if Alabama continues to kick up their efforts and we'll see what direction Auburn goes in. But Tennessee has definitely been in the mix with Hill, and if they're going to take two, that's a really nice combination there. Yeah, and he was on campus for 865 Live on an unofficial. They'll hope to get him back on an official, likely will. Uh, they're in there good. Another guy that they're in there good with is in-state tight end Boo Carter. He says he's nearing a decision. Sam, you've got to sit, spend some time with him on the 7-on-7 seven seven circuit this spring. What's your read on his recruitment? Listen, it's the who's who involved with Boo. Uh, from the Ohio States and Michigans to the Colorados and Oregons, but Tennessee has found a way to, to maintain its appeal with Boo Carter and getting him back on campus is just another sign. He was there multiple times already this spring. That coaching staff, Josh Heupel, really likes the versatility of Boo Carter, who could really disagree. Um, the fact is that the in-state team has always had an edge being able, after all these visit highs around the country to get him back to Knoxville um, has always left a good spot for, for Tennessee. Um, if the decision comes, I like where Tennessee sits. Um, they're in a position, again, they already have a top 10 class, and that's another key part from the in-state that, that they can add to the mix. All right. Like I said, I think this was a genius move by the Tennessee coaching staff. Not necessarily the 865 Live event. I don't think that's anything groundbreaking. But the timing of it and the emphasis to get guys on that maybe, hey, we got a little bit of work to do. We're not going to burn that official visit right now, but we might plant a seed in one or two of these elite prospects to, hey, Come back to Knoxville, check us out on an official visit late, and you never know what happens. Well, Sam, you never know what happens either on the inside scoop, so thanks for joining us today. I want to check in with the pulse of the Nebraska fan base, so let's welcome in Sean Callahan of Husker Online. 
been a few weeks, a few major commitments since we've had you on. I want to ask you, how did Nebraska fans handle Dylan Riola's commitment to Georgia? Well, I think people really felt it was coming. Um, it just the tea leaves read that way. He never came back for the spring game, and he never set an official visit. So I, I thought those were two pretty good clues where things stood. Mm -hmm. Georgia, on the other hand, was his only official visit. And then he had that May 20th weekend visit there as well set up. Um, so I, I think a lot of educated Husker fans knew Georgia was the team to beat. I think the question was, where would they go next? And I think what was more impressive is they were able to pivot to Daniel Kalen from Bellevue West, convince him to decommit from Missouri and commit to Nebraska um, really within a week. Uh, Riola went to Georgia Monday. Kalen announced he was a Husker by Saturday. So give me give me the behind the scenes on that. How does something like that go down where the staff seemingly pivots in a matter of days or was something kind of brewing behind the scenes the whole time? Well, they only offered two quarterbacks under Matt Rule on this cycle. It was Dylan Riola and Daniel Kalen, and that was the other guy. And they, they were upfront and honest with them. They said, look, here's the deal. Riola's a legacy. He's number one ranked quarterback in the country. We have to see this thing through. And Kalen said, that's fine. And then he had 15 power five offers of his own, chose to commit to Missouri. That was a really good fit for him. He liked everything about Missouri, but deep in his heart, he always wanted to be a Husker. That, that's like a lot of kids around here. They want to play for Nebraska. Uh, he, they, he grew up following the program. Um, but by Tuesday, Nebraska had coaches at Bellevue West High School watching him throw. Their offensive coordinator got on a plane to fly back to Omaha to watch him throw on Tuesday. Um, and then they had another coach there at the same school to see another player. So they put the full court press on to really turn that thing in a less in less than a week. All right. So break it down for me. How does he fit into Matt Rule's offense at Nebraska? Um, I I think when you you look at him, you know he's not necessarily a true dual threat quarterback. Uh, he can run though enough, uh, but he's very very intelligent. He's got real good arm talent. I'm going to be intrigued to see him at the Elite 11 later this month in June. Uh, he's one of the 20 quarterbacks that will be there. Dylan Riola is going to be there. Um, so I, I think for a lot of folks, that will be a good opportunity. But on the seven-on-seven -seven scene, he's got quite a reputation. He's been able to do quite a different, few different things uh, as a quarterback on the seven-on-seven -seven front as well. One of the more interesting weekends in the spring was when Nebraska hosted the three number one prospects at their position. Obviously, Dylan Rayola was the number one quarterback at his position. Brandon Baker, though, he was there, too. He's the top offensive tackle in America. And Williams Nowary, the number one defensive lineman in America. Where does Nebraska stand with the other two? Now, we know Rayola is committed to Georgia, but what about Baker and Winery? Yeah, I would say Winery, they're, they're on the outside looking in in that one. But I do think they are still in it with Baker. Um, and he's probably going to take one of his official visits to Nebraska a lot of chatter that'll be for the Michigan game. And I'll throw in a fourth number one because on three has Nathaniel Frazier as the number one ranked running back in the country. He too was in Nebraska that same yeah. weekend and he might come to Nebraska as well um, on that same weekend. So that's a bye weekend for modern day. I think that's the key for Baker. He has seen Nebraska now twice, um, a, a regular weekend, a spring game weekend, and now the next step for him, if he comes back a third time, he wants to come and experience Nebraska at its fullest, come to a true home game 
Um, so hopefully that Michigan game is kind of what they're eyeballing at the end of September. Does the Rayola recruitment, since it went the other way, does it kind of change the outlook for Nebraska's 2024 class? Or is there still enough excitement around Matt Rule's first year to still land a monster class in 24? Yeah, I, I think it's a good question because obviously he's the number one ranked quarterback and a lot of people see him as maybe the number one player in the country. Um, but if you're real about things, I don't know if Nebraska was ever going to get him. I think the timing just wasn't right for what mm -hmm. he was looking for and where Nebraska was at as a program. Um, I still believe this can be a top 25 class. Um, right now it's ranked 25th. Um, I, I think there's some key in-state pieces they've got to close out on. Carter Nelson being the tight end out of Ainsworth. Um, they've got to figure out linebacker. That's one position that they don't really have a lot of things going um, right now. And then, you know, they've got to get a, a big piece like, a you know, Brandon Baker and Nate, Nate Frazier would be unbelievable. But yeah. those are some of the other things that they've got to get shored up here in this recruiting class. And they'll probably take about 20 guys. I and mean, that, that's the number I think they're looking at right now. Okay, so they're sitting at around 25 right now. So just ballpark it. Where do you expect Nebraska to finish when it's all said and done? I think they can be inside the top 25. I don't know if they can be in the top 15. I mean, it's just they've got to get a few more things that break their direction. Uh, but that's okay. I think Matt Rule has a system and a way he does it. He did the same mm -hmm. thing at Baylor. Um, he looks for a certain type of player, a guy um, that can run and, and, and do some certain, certain things uh, from an intangible perspective. And we've seen that trend play out with a lot of these recruits that he's signed, um, a lot of elite track athletes, um, guys that have just different things that don't necessarily show up on a football page. Um, but I do believe it will be a top 25 class. All right, Sean. Well, it's already been a busy cycle. We're only like halfway through, and the roller coaster ride for Nebraska fans has been wild. And there's some big official visits coming up. So we hope to have you back on the inside scoop soon. All right. Thanks, Josh. The Elite 11 rosters are out. So let's bring in Director of Scouting and Ranking here at On3, Charles Power. The Elite 11, the most prestigious quarterback event of the summer, is happening in just a few weeks. Quarterbacks have been competing in regional competitions throughout the spring, but now we see who made the cut. All right, Charles, Dylan Raiola is the number one quarterback in the On3 industry rankings. What are you looking forward to seeing from him? Yeah, I think first off, it's going to be a, an opportunity to see Dylan Rayola in person. Where is he at from a, a, a size, body perspective? And I, I think comparing him within this group, it'll be really fun to see how he stacks up from an arm talent perspective. Is Dylan Rayola truly the top arm talent, passing talent in the 2024 cycle? I'm also looking forward to, to seeing just kind of how he moves around. Now, this is a setting I think it's really important to understand the context of mm -hmm. what we get to see at the Elite 11. It's mainly stationary. There's not a lot of movement. There's not a pass rush. But I, I do want to see kind of how he moves around within the drill. Ultimately, I think the story on Dylan Real is going to be written this fall to just seeing how he plays as a senior. Did not have the, you know, a, a, a junior season that you would hope for for a number one overall type of quarterback prospect. So I, I think that's going to be the, the ultimate determining factor on where he stacks up in the rankings. But I think we're really looking forward to seeing how he stacks up within this group just from a pure passing talent perspective. Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting time with all these quarterbacks. So let's move down the list one spot to Julian saying the Alabama commitment the second-ranked quarterback in the country. Do you think there's a chance that at some point he could pass Raiola? 
Uh, Julian Sand is, is is a known commodity at this point. He is super consistent, a guy who is mechanically sound. I, I think he, he's going to look good in every setting you see him. From a performance perspective, uh, I don't think there's a lot of questions with, with Julian Sand. What's going to help us uh, in, at the Elite 11 is just how does he stack up from a pure physical talent and tools perspective within this group? He's around 6'1", 195. Um, where does the arm stack up? I, I think that's something that we can really that, that we can kind of glean from the Elite 11. I think probably the most useful perspective for us uh, at this event is it's just an opportunity to compare all these quarterbacks in person in the same neutral setting. So that's what I'm looking forward to with Julian saying. I think where he stacks up from a physical and, and like pure arm talent athletic standpoint within this group will ultimately determine it. But I mean, he, he, he could, but I, I think as far as just the player and the accuracy and the consistency, we, we know what he is going into this event. All right. What about quarterback DJ Lagway, the Gator commitment? Big quarterback, big arm. What do you need to see from Lagway for him to earn that fifth star? I, I think it's consistency, Josh. DJ Lagway's flashes and, and the talent are mm -hmm. arguably the best of this group. He's big. He's got a very strong arm. He's probably the best athlete of this group as well. So I think with DJ Lagway, it's just continuing to add the consistency and, and just stacking positive showings week after week. I think the Elite 11 could be a springboard into, into his senior season. Uh, I think from an upside perspective, I, he, he has a case as, ha as having the highest upside within, within this group. I think it's just how does he start to put it together and, and take a positive step forward going into the fall? All right, speaking of upside, Ohio State quarterback commitment, Air Nolan. He was a bit of an on-three outlier early on. Mm -hmm. What did you see from him that got you so excited early? Yeah, Air, Air Nolan, I think, had probably the best junior season of this group. A guy who just shredded defenses in the state of Georgia as, as a junior. Guy's a prolific passer. He's got a great feel for the game. Highly accurate. So, so I think with, with, with Air Nolan, similar to Julian Sayan, we know the type of player we're getting. Just where does he stack up from a physical tools perspective? And I, I think the arm strength, we'll, we'll look to kind of see how that gauges compared to a Dylan, a Dylan Rayola, a DJ Lagway. Is he in that tier? Um, and and I, I think... Seeing Air Nolan in this setting will, will, will help us kind of start to parse that out a little bit. All right. Looking at this Elite 11 roster, is there a sleeper here that you're excited to see? Yeah, I, I think starting off, I'm really excited to see Luke Cromanhoke, the Florida State commit. We had him ranked very high, I think, in the top 75. I think he's currently within the top 50 of, of the on-three rankings. Mm -hmm. I think Luke Cromanhoke, along with DJ Lagway, probably has the most physical upside of these top 100-type blue-chip quarterbacks. Luke Cromanhoke is a first-year starter. He was the backup at Benedictine in, in Savannah, Georgia. And uh, I, I think he's got a very strong arm, one of the strongest arms in the cycle, a guy with really good feet. I think with him, it's just about just getting more polished, more, consistent, more consistency, more in-game reps. But I think he has a lot of upside, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how he stacks up in that group. All right. Elite 11 rosters are out. Charles Power, thanks for coming by and talking all about it on the Inside Scoop. Sure thing. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me, and remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.